Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And Austin has decided to grace us with his presence this evening. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm just, you know, just uh, I was ready, coach. I'm glad you're putting me in here today. You got the call up. You got the call up. I, I don't know. Kevin had a Kevin had a good performance last week. It's um, Kevin. You know, his, his floor, he, you know, he's got a, a high floor and a high ceiling. He's at least a seven out of ten no matter what. <laughs> at least. At least. The, be- the, the beard, you know, throws me off a little bit since it's gone right now. Yeah, right. Right. The lack of a beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, I should have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, last week was a was a good show, but glad to have you back. Um, week 10 in the books. We're just going to not talk about the Falcons and how that game went. Uh, we're also not going to talk what about, about the one they, that's on right now. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was just saying we're not going to talk about that either. Okay. Um, any storyline from from week 10 you wanted to talk about? Well, we if we're not going to talk about the Falcons, we're not going to talk about the Steelers either. Okay, so just, that's we can fair. make we can make a pact, pact an agreement. I like yes. that. I like that. Um, so we'll just we'll just move right on. Um, before we get into news, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Doctor Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, We got some some news here, injury news this week. Uh, Gronk is back at practice. It's sounding like he is expected to play Monday night. Um, are Are we ready to fire Gronk back up here? I'm going to, um, I think in a lot of different places, man, I've been not so patiently waiting for this for weeks. I, they never gave us a timetable and they never really told us it was a rib injury and that was it. That's like all they told us. We had no other information. So I'm happy he's back. I mean, he's, I'm, I'm hoping that he's close to what he was at the beginning of the year. Cause I mean, th- those first couple of games were just amazing from a fantasy perspective. And obviously him and Tom have chemistry. Just like you and me. Oh, which one of us is Tom and which one of us is Gronk? Um, I'm gonna say you're Tom and I'm, I'm Gronk. And better looking. Uh, that's not where I was gonna go. Oh, I was gonna okay. go with you. You have that perceived arrogance about you, but <laughs> behind the behind the scenes, you're actually, you know, not not a bad guy. Uh, I am not. I am wearing my Uggs right now and drinking my my TB12 smoothie or whatever he uh, he whatever he peddles as you know <laughs> nutritional whatever bull crap. Um, and then I'm I'm the uh, the goofy, fun loving kind of dumb party animal in in Gronk. I could see group. you doing those commercials that Gronk does. All of them, but the USAA. One. I was literally just case. about to say that. I can't see you doing a USAA commercial. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I feel like that one was in poor taste. I definitely don't think they should have ran that on Veterans Day. But who am I? I think, I think USAA commercials as a whole are weird. Yes. I'm not in the bit. military. There's, what kind of commercial are you showing that doesn't apply to 80% of the population? I know you're trying to recruit with it, but like, it yeah. doesn't apply to me. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I I think that's a good fit. You're 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 Tom and I'm Gronk. That okay. fits on a lot of levels. I'm introducing us as that on the campus life next week. 
I love it. Go, and this, this is, is Gronk. I I kind of I kind of almost want to go back and cut the beginning intro in and be like, as always, I'm Gronk. And this is Tommy. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to fantasy. Route. We got we got a little off the rails there. Yeah, I, I I would be ready to start Gronk this week too. You honestly, you probably don't have a better option to tight end. Um. So, and like you said, they always have chemistry. He's good for you know, a touchdown in pretty much every game he plays with, with Tom. I think I'm starting him over Hunter Henry in a, in a place this week. That's bold because Hunter Henry is playing right now. So you're got a bank that bank on Gronk definitely playing mm-hmm. unless you have, who's, who's the third option. What third option? There's no third option. All right. I'm nice. a lunatic rolling I'm the a dice. Lunatic. I love it. You're crazy, Tom. You're crazy. Um, I other injuries. <laughs> I love but you're crazy. Um, other injury news here. Kamara missed practice again today. Um, DNP, he was sort of trending in the right direction, and now he's trending back in the wrong direction. What are we making of this here? You know what my takeaway from this is? I'm terrified that he gets shut down at some point this season. Mm. The Saints are, I mean, like their defense is keeping them in games, but that offense is atrocious. I tried watching yes. them this past weekend, and it hurt my eyes. Trevor Simeon caught that that lightning in a bottle for was I don't even was it a full season? Uh, he had that year where he was pretty good, and since then, I mean, yuck. And yeah. The fact that that he's still the better option over whatever else they've got hanging out around there is spooky. Yeah, yeah, not not good. Um, I I worry about that too. Actually, that's a good point. You know, I mean, at some point they may want to try and shut him down and just preserve him for next year, pack it up, move it on. But they do have Mark Ingram. Uh, if Kamara in- if Kamara does not go, Mark Ingram had a really nice week last week. Are we comfortable firing him up here against the? Uh, I believe they play the Eagles this week, right? Uh, I think so. If I had some Ingram, I think I would be comfortable playing him. He's a guy that I don't have for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, why not? Um, that offense, the problem with that offense is starting to quickly become that if you're not, if your name is not Alvin Kamara, you don't move the ball enough for anything significant to happen for any of them. So that would, that would be a worry for me if I am in a pinch, but I mean, I've seen some rosters that are just, I mean, all the running backs that are out right now, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, have, have they ruled like Nick Chubb and those guys in this week? I haven't. I, mean, I don't think they have officially yet. You've got all those guys and Daryl Henderson, and then obviously all the guys on IR and Chris Carson's still out, and Alex Collins, who we're going to talk about here in a minute, is is not practicing. I mean, it's just there's just so many guys that are that are banged up right now at the running back position. It feels. I mean, we say this every year, but I really do think this year it feels a little bit worse yeah. than your typical year. The injuries, especially like five minutes before kickoff. Oh yeah, Julio yeah. Jones actually died in practice this week in a golf cart accident. We, <laughs> we're gonna roll him out two minutes before the game starts. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. This year definitely feels especially bad with the running backs, and we lost CMC for a couple of weeks. We lost Barkley. Henry's out for a little while now. Aaron Jones is he? Yeah, Jones is doubtful. To, I think, yeah, I was gonna say. So. He, yeah, he's looking doubtful for this week. Chubb has missed some games. Kamara's missed the game. Carson's out. I mean, there's the list goes on and on and on. You know, it's the running back this year has been decimated. And then you have a guy like a Cordell Patterson step up and he's out tonight. So it's running back is uh, 
feel like a lot of the teams that are doing well right now are the teams that either build around the wide receivers or just have gotten lucky with the injury bug at the running back position. Your Arby's are a wasteland. Oh, yeah. You know, he get the reference, John Mayer. Body is Wonderland. Yeah. Uh, I, I do now. Now that you like said it, when you said your Arby's, I was thinking Arby's like the restaurant. I can't wait for, to try that that liquor. Ooh, yeah. You're, get, you're uh, getting your hands on some for us, right? I would I, I would love to. Uh, I, it's, it's $60 a bottle, but, you know, I'll, I'll see what strings I can pull. Um, other news here. We got A.B. Antonio Brown back practicing this week. Looking like he might be trending towards returning as well. That's going to make that uh, Tampa Bay passing attack very dangerous. But having all of those guys there, you know, somebody's going to be left out in the cold at some point. What are we? What are our thoughts here on uh, on AB coming back? Uh, he'll always get his. I think no matter what. I mean, like I think his role. Uh, Godwin's the one that fluctuates there because I think the rest of them always have these clearly defined rules, and Godwin is so versatile that he can kind of he's the chameleon of the offense and he kind of just blends in based on what they need on the week. And sometimes that's a significant role. And sometimes it's not, I know we're not going to talk about a B, you know, any other issues with a B, but I mean, I think that always should be in the back of your mind when you're an A. like you never feel comfortable with wherever, whatever a B is doing. Like you're always waiting for that other shoe to yep. drop. It, and it's like, Stuff that comes out of left field. I mean, it's like the the golf cart Julio dying at practice thing. Right? It's just like, oh, like it's Mad Libs. It, you know, a, a B getting sued by his garbage collector because he, you know, pooped in his mother's laundry basket. It's like, oh wow, that I bet he probably Bingo. did that actually. So, I mean, I just like never that comfortable with him. But I mean, I have him on some contending rosters, and I he's invaluable because he's like, everyone like no one actually wants to hold on to him for very long. Yeah, yeah, he's a hot potato. You, but you can't really drop him. You just kind of have to hold on to it until it burns your hand, or until he poops in the garbage man's mom's <laughs> laundry basket. <laughs> oh man! Uh, next news here: Cam Newton is trending towards starting this week, according to Matt Rule. I think with the way that PJ Walker has looked, that kind of a bit of a foregone conclusion there, but. With the rest of the offense here, what what do we think the impact has on the rest of the offense? Is this better for DJ Moore, better or worse for CMC? Do you know if Matt Rule has any kids? I don't. If he has a son and he doesn't name him O'Doyle, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> Doyle rules. Um, <laughs> I was wondering where you were going. I don't know that. why I just thought about that. Um Listen, guys, I respect what Cam Newton has done in the past. And I think as a presence in a locker room, I think he's still a good thing. Do we think that he's actually good for anything else that's happening in an offense, though, besides Cam Newton? No. Uh, like, I, I, I've been seeing all these people sending out all these stats this week about how CMC has been less efficient. Generally speaking, with Cam Newton there, especially when it relates to touchdowns, because surprise, surprise, Cam's a vulture. And I just don't know if he, like, I, I'm curious to see what he does with DJ Moore here now. Because, I mean, I just, he was so bad last year. He was really, really bad. 
You can't tell that to any of the the, the Cam Newton stands. They'll come after you. But <laughs> they are they are an aggressive bunch. They are. Yeah. No. I I think this. It doesn't. I hesitate to say it hurts CMC because I think he's still going to be an RB one, but it limits his upside, like you said. With the, it limits his touchdown ceiling. So I do think it limits his upside. That I think if anybody in this offense gets hurt by this, it would be CMC. DJ Moore. I mean, say what you want about Cam Newton. I do think he's probably a better quarterback than PJ Walker for fantasy purposes. So I don't think it's a negative for DJ Moore. I also wouldn't really call it a positive. He's going to get targets no matter what. It just depends on the quality of the target. Right. That's, I mean, let's get this sign a petition for, for either him to go somewhere else or them to get a good quarterback. I don't care which one of the the two, because I literally, the Panthers are one of those teams, kind of like the Titans, that I just don't care about at all. Yeah. Like, if they just disappeared off the face of the earth tomorrow, I probably wouldn't even notice for at least a week. <laughs> at least. Yeah, I mean, they're they're in the Falcons division, so I might I might That's notice. True. It might, might be a blip on my radar. And I don't mean any offense to Carolina. Like, I don't have any feelings about them either way. They just, like... They, largely irrelevant they, they have like a big year and then it's like three or four years where they're like seven and nine six and ten they're never terrible enough to get the 101 outside of the cam newton year i mean meh yeah yeah a whole lot of meh um speaking of meh we got mary coming back kyler murray did you like that one no it was, by your face. it was bad. <laughs> it was bad, and you should feel bad. No, not the last part. I would never say that to you, Gronk. Oh, thanks. I don't Tom. think Gronk is capable of feeling bad. That's a good point. No so, shame. No. Um, anyway, poor joke aside, Kyler Murray is pretty close to returning. Quotes, according to him, against Seattle this week. That would obviously be a big boon for the rest of that offense there, but especially for any team depending on Kyler Murray. I mean, he had that really hot start to the year, cooled off a little bit, but I still think he's one of the, he's definitely one of the top five QBs uh, week in on a week out basis. And he can definitely, I think he can definitely support other uh, multiple options in that offense, which we will get into a little bit later. But with Kyler Murray returning here, is that wheels up for the rest of that offense for you too? Makes me feel better about the rest of them. Everybody except for uh, James Conner, who has seemed to have a really good time while he was out. It is <laughs> Conner that, that's had the big weeks, right? I mean, yeah, yeah probably, you probably feel feel better about everybody there. He kind of is the offense. I don't know. I mean, how, you said he's a top five quarterback, Colin. Where where, yeah. where would he rank for you? Like, Would you rather have him or, or Lamar Jackson? I would rather have um, Dynasty... Long term, I would probably rather have Kyler, but okay. rest of season this year, I would probably take Lamar over Josh Allen and Dak Prescott too. Justin Herbert. Um. Yes. Yeah, I would take Murray over them too. I, I was testing you because you have Mister QB two. I just wanted to make sure that oh, was okay. That was still accurate. Still so, accurate. Sounds yeah. like it is. Sounds like yeah. it is. Okay. I don't even have my rankings up there, but glad to know that uh my rankings match my gut. That doesn't always. I, I, yeah, I was trying to get you, and you you stuck to it. So good stuff. Thank you. Good stuff. Round yeah. of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what about you with Kyler? Where were you at on him? Um, I have him as my QB five, but that two through four are all basically like even for me. Yeah, 
So I, 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 and I, it's Dak, Lamar, Allen, Murray. So, yeah. Interchangeable. Uh-huh. I wouldn't fault anybody for having anybody in that order. Yeah. Um, in other news of somebody not practicing, Jared Goff not practicing this week. We got Tim Boyle taking first team reps here. Boyle rules. Do do we care at all, really? He I like I am shocked that Tim Boyle is in the NFL. That's a good point. He was so bad in college. He I'm pretty sure he had a negative touchdown interception ratio uh, the first two or three years he started, and then he transferred to Eastern Kentucky, I believe, and went like 13 and 12. Like, yeah, it was one of the touchdown interceptions. Like, he's honestly awful. I'm just like, he he will be significantly worse at Jared Goff. Like, I, I know we all crap on Jared Goff, but he will be significantly worse than Jared Goff this weekend. I makes me feel good about Swift, but it makes me feel really bad if I have to start in Galladay or, or Amon Ra or Hawkinson or any of those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you there. I don't think I would start any of the weapons there, the pass-catching weapons there with Tim Boyle under center. I mean, the Lions are just a pretty bad team in general, so I don't think it would really hurt them to just pack it in play for that one one and try and hope you could take one of the quarterbacks and develop them i mean in, i don't know in 2014 at uconn tim boyle's second year there he played nine he started nine games he went 43 for 82 for 335 yards oh. one touchdown and three interceptions oh Oh my gosh. That might, I mean, that his the year before that in five games, he went 59 for 133 for, for 600 yards, but zero touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mean, it's 600 yards, but man, how, how what was that here? 230 something with 300 yards? <laughs> he completed 43 passes and only had 330. Just, so every year he had sub four or he had sub five yards per attempt. Oh. That is atrocious. How is he in the league? I think this is just another case of somebody having naked pictures of somebody else. <laughs> it's the only explanation. How like I how is that your backup option? That's like the that Penn, guy, that's like Penn State having Taquan Roberson as a backup. Where are the campus Canton pod? I can tell you right now that that guy wouldn't be rostered in any, on any campus <laughs> roster never <laughs> ever. So, I mean, those are like DJU numbers this year. I could probably God. name no oh, nice. I could probably name 60 college quarterbacks right now that I would rather have over Tim Boyle. That's it's I mean, it just blows my mind that this dude A <laughs> got 19 starts in 3 years at UConn and B that he completed less than 50% of his passes like it's just one it's sub five yards per attempt. One to thirteen touchdown to interception ratio. Just holy crap! <laughs> Amazing. His his uh, quarterback rating, the college quarterback rating. What does it go up to? Something ridiculous. Yeah, the NFL it's like one goes to, and, yeah. No, the the NFL one goes like one hundred fifty six. That one goes to like two hundred something. Hmm. His quarterback rating would have been bad for the NFL. 
it's 77.9 in three years in college like oh my gosh he he finished college in 2016 he's been around for five years (laughs) holy crap i think they just forgot that he's on the team he just showed up every day and they forgot to turn off his car you know his swipe card and now he's starting this week they're like well we don't have anybody else you get zeb noland out there get grad transfer zeb noland anybody i'm surprised there's not a coaching staff guy that could hop in there yeah man that is bad that's that is not good for any any lions players that actually makes me worry a little bit for swift because are they even going to be able to move the ball if you're an if you're a defensive coordinator who do the lions play this week i don't know but i'm about to take whatever that is in the spread if you're if you're that defensive coordinator how many bodies do you have in the box at all times eight nine (laughs) like there's no point to putting anybody deep at all (laughs) yeah yikes yikes shit Um, don't even run like what's the opposite of like where you run like one db on the field at all times it's just like goal line package like did you see did you see who they play no um i am trying to pull it up here as i'm looking um they play the Browns play the Browns and beat up Baker Mayfield. It's my uh, Miles Garrett's 11. gonna kill him. Miles Garrett will literally kill Tim Boyle this weekend. It's minus eleven. I kind of want to take that for the Browns. It feels like a line that would be bigger if they hadn't gotten blown the heck out this past weekend by the Pats. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll think about it. I won't live bet on the show here, but I'll think about it. I'll probably end up taking the Browns. Okay, you let me Tim know. Boyle, I will. Uh, other news we got last one Alex Collins DNP did not practice Chris Carson also did not practice you know he was trending in the right direction and then he's not practicing now it's all a quote from Pete Carroll saying they don't really know what's going on which you gotta love do uh, who's next made up with DJ Dallas here we got Travis Homer the ghost of Rashad Penny. Are we interested in any of those guys or is this just a backfield to avoid for right now? Uh, I'm not that worried. I mean, I think, you know, if, even if Collins sits this week, I remember I said like what week four or something on this show that I still thought he was a big buy because I could see Carson's neck injury playing out longer. And I still think their schedule down the stretch. Um, I forget exactly how soft it is, but it is like, it makes, Charmin. it makes Charmin feel like half play. <laughs> i'm a this is i'm a Sharman guy so that's that's surprising yeah i know you're uh they, yeah like so week 18 obviously we don't count because right but the weeks leading up to that oh actually no it was it so it's texans rams bears lions so the rams are really the only tough one in there but that's like his his stretch run that feels noise it does it does pretty feel pretty noise it is pretty that, sh- pretty soft Lions and Champions Week. If you can get there, like, what? Did, I mean, every running back that's played them has has carved them up pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's just a bad team all around. Lions gonna Lions, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's really gonna do it here for us for news tonight. We're gonna get into this uh, first segment here. We got this or that. So we're looking at some position groups around the league and just picking out guys options at that. So we have. The first one, Cardinals wide receivers. We have Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, DeAndre Hopkins. So it's this or that or that. 
which of these three are you taking long term? I mean, are we talking about at cost? Um, go, yeah, yeah, you can the, go any direction you want. The obvious that. answer is, I think you still take Hopkins. You know, I don't think he ages gracefully, but I think he's still obviously, I mean, he was really good this year before he got a little banged up. So, I, I mean, Hopkins is the obvious choice. The one after that, I mean, I have to stick with my guy, Rondale, still. Um, Kirk's had, is this his fourth year? Uh, yes, he's going to be a free agent, I believe. So, I, I mean, I, I more feels like the answer because I feel like his value is depressed right now. I, I'm probably going to go try to buy myself some Rondale Moore here over the next few weeks. Yeah, he popped off, uh, you know, in one of those first two weeks and then hasn't really done that much since. But like you said, I think he he's he was the type of guy that I think was going to take a little bit of time to really get involved in that offense, especially because they have some other pieces there. And then you had Kyler Murray banged up for a stretch. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Rondale Moore is the guy that I want at cost. Hopkins does worry me a little bit, though. He's 29. Like you said, I don't think he has the game where he's going to necessarily age gracefully. I think he'll probably age more like Julio. So he has, he probably has a couple good years left in him here. But I do think that Cliff, it's, it's inching closer and closer. Yeah, I mean, father time, undefeated, all that jazz. Father time, undefeated, and all that jazz. That was all very that eloquent. Jazz. Thank you. Um, so what, what about Christian Kirk here? I mean, that was the one that we have not talked about yet at this point. Now, with, with Christian Kirk, like I said, I'm pretty sure he is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Do we like him best in Arizona, or, do, do, or are you thinking it would be better for him to go somewhere else? He is what he is at this point. Like, you're happy if he's wide receiver 30 at the end of the year. I mean, is that that's not really a guy that you're looking to acquire at any point, like actively. I mean, no. that's kind of, you know, like somebody sends you an offer and you're like, well, you know, Christian Kirk will about balance that out, like throw him in. Like, I don't. I don't think anyone's shopping for Christian Kirk. So I, I think he's the least desirable because I think his value is the lowest and I don't think it will ever spike to the level where the other two are currently residing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris. Patriots running backs. You know the story there with the Patriots running backs, but Ramondre Stevenson had a big week last week with Damian Harris out. What are your thoughts on this backfield here moving forward? Oh, man. Who came up with this question? Uh um, definitely wasn't me. Um, I think I would take Stevenson, but I think this could be a really fun two-headed backfield here for the rest of the season. They are similar, but yet different enough backs. Like I, they're, they're both kind of fun to watch. Neither is so good that they'll blow the other one away. They might have their games, but it's a push long-term. Long term, I think I'd rather have Stevenson. I actually sent out a couple offers tonight and ac across some leagues for him, um, just to see if I can get him relatively cheap. I offered I, seconds, seconds. Hmm. I offered like a mid second for him, a bunch of places. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I like Stevenson. I I, I do think this is going to be a two headed backfield. 
I, I think Damian Harris is going to get the bulk of the carries. I think Damian Harris is probably going to get a little bit more goal line work. That's where it's really going to come down to me is which one of these two gets the goal line work. Cause I think they're both guys who can handle that role. Stevenson will get some more catches than Harris will. Like I said, I think Harris will get some more carries touches will probably bounce out fairly evenly. Then that goal line role is really going to decide which one of these guys you would want to start. If there's either one of them, you would want to start. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually think I'm starting both like not together, but both of them in different places tonight. Um, and don't feel like terrible about it. I don't know. I'm not watching that game either though. I got this Louisville Duke game on, which sounds weird, but it's a better game than this one. You're not missing much. I mean, Malik Cunningham's having an all timer right now. So, um, go him. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're starting him this week, you're looking good. Sorry, PJ. <laughs> I know you listen to the show. No, I think he's admitted he doesn't listen to this one. I think he only listens to campus. Oh, well, I'll tell him to listen. I'm not going to give him a timestamp for where I just said that. So good, good. He's and tell him to down thing. Tell, tell him to download too. Um, moving on to the next position group here, we got the Bengals wide receivers. And well, for the first question, we'll start out here. Is is Chase far enough above Higgins and Boyd that he doesn't really deserve to be included in this conversation for you? Um, perceived value wise, yeah, I think he's just uh, above these guys. Um, long term, I don't know by how much he outperforms Higgins, which is why I think Higgins is a big buy right now. Um, and unfortunately, I think you know Boyd Boyd probably doesn't factor in anymore, which is a bummer. I really thought uh, they're not quite passing the ball as much as I thought they would this year, which has really been the bummer. Like this guy came from, he's a, he's a, um, a Sean McVay guy. Like, what yep. the heck? You're out here ground and pound. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Boyd has definitely been a disappointment for me this year. I have him in a number of different places. I thought that he would fill that slot role. And, you know, like you said, um, Zach Taylor's from the Sean McVay tree. We've seen slot wide receivers be very successful. Cooper Cup uh, has been through now through two quarterbacks has been very successful. But like you said, they are running the ball a lot more, and Burrow loves to throw him throw the ball to Jamar Chase. So Chase is far enough above these other two for me that he doesn't really he shouldn't really be included in those two. Given these two, give me Tyler Boyd still. I think Whoa, Tyler okay. Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd is going to go somewhere else. What is his? He's uh, not. He's there for forever, and they're never going to get rid of him. He has like yeah. four more years on his deal. Oh, I thought yeah. he was. I thought his deal was coming up soon. No, he just resigned. Mm. Mm. Then in that case, I, I will. I will reverse my stance on air here. I will take Higgins. I'll take whichever one can get out of Dodge quicker. How about that? Because I, I like think, them both about evenly. I don't know that either do. I mean, I'm looking at their points per game this year. Tyler Boyd's at 10.3 and T. Higgins in full in full PPR and T. Higgins is at 12.9. So the, the gap isn't that distance. Higgins missed a game or two. Um, Higgins is more consistent, which is weird because Tyler Boyd's always super duper consistent. I don't know. They need to start throwing the ball more. Yes, that's the moral of the story. Yes. yes. They have a bad defense. You have a good quarterback. Their defense the has ball. been okay. The defense has been okay. Hmm. It's been okay. 
They do not have a very good defense. How about that? They need to beef up that O line a little bit. Statistically, too. is it a bad defense? I thought they were like middle of the pack. Um, I I would have to double check what I was looking at last night when I was talking on um on what the fantasy with Brandon Hay, but I'm pretty sure in terms of pass defense, they are in the bottom third. I want to say they're like around twenty five, twenty six terms of their pass defense and like uh yards allowed per game i don't have that pulled up here in front of me but i'm pretty sure their pass defense has been subpar but either way like you said t higgins has been a little bit more consistent which is surprising given tyler boyd's role usually the slot guys are a little bit more consistent but t higgins this is his second year he'll have two more years there and then he can get out of dodge like I said, I, I, it's not that I don't like the offense. It's just that they're they're too crowded at this point here. I would like it if for both of them, if one of them could go somewhere else, or throw the ball more. Zach Taylor. Yeah. Uh, the next one here is probably the most interesting discussion for me on this list, to be honest with you, and that's Broncos wide receivers, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, both very different wide receivers. Both thrive in very different ways. Jerry Judy was injured early in the year. He's back now. He seems to gel a little bit better with, with Teddy Bridgewater's style. What are your thoughts here on Sutton versus Judy? Oh, Judy by a bajillion. Um, I, I think the window to, to sell Sutton was when Judy was out and he was kind of eating there. That was kind of your last chance before Judy overtakes him. Neither of them have been particularly good the past four weeks because just, you know, Teddy Bridgewater hasn't been very good the past few weeks. So that, that, you know, not a lot of opportunity for either. And obviously they're getting the tight end a little the both tight ends a little more involved there, which is um, not, not great if you are, are relaying on these guys week in, week out. But I, I mean, Judy's just a better player. And Sutton might be one of those guys that doesn't do much here the next year or two and leaves Denver and is really good again somewhere else. I don't think he's a bad player. I just think Judy is better than he is. I mean, there's a lot of situations like that in the league right now. I would agree with that. I think Judy is a better player than Sutton. But what if I told you Gordon Sutton was a free agent at the end of this year? Is he? He is. No option to extend. I guess he was a second round pick, so probably yep. not. Nope, no option. He wonder is if they a, resign him. He is a free agent at the end of this year. I wonder if he would resign with Denver. That seems like a situation where they're probably going to clean house there, at least in the coaching staff. They'll need to bring in another quarterback. Is he going to want to stick around for that, or is he going to want to go get paid somewhere else? It's a good thing they took Patrick Sertan instead of Justin Fields, though. Yeah, of course. It was a, it was a good call by everybody there. Yeah, I mean, what they, they had about 3% of the evaluation done on their quarterback room at that point, so uh, they didn't have enough information. No, no information. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like Judy as a player more than Sutton, but... I do like the fact that Sutton's going to be able to leave and he's going to be able to go to a potentially a better opportunity here. So I think the window to sell Sutton was when he was going off. That window has closed. I think that window is going to open back up in the off season. So if you still have Sutton, I would hang on to him. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I sold him both leagues. I have him in once Judy went down and I, I'm happy that I did that ultimately. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, last list that we have here. Uh, it's another this or that or that. 
It's the Steelers wide receivers. Deontay, oh, not this again. <laughs> Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster. This is we've talked about this one once or twice on the show before here. So we don't have to go super in depth with this one. But has anything changed for you in this room here to this so far this year? Yes. Oh. Okay. I would rather have Deontay. And it's not by a significant amount because I'm interested to see where Juju lands after this year. Um, they are very, very close to me. Because, I mean, we don't know where Juju's going to be, but we also don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be in Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool is a distant, distant third for me. Um, I, I mean, I live in Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool is an asshole. <laughs> he got in fights like a bunch of times during camp, like with his teammates, because he can't shut his mouth. Uh, he's always posting stuff on social media. He shouldn't be doing. I mean, he's just, I don't know why we attract these dudes to Pittsburgh, but um, I really, really dislike Chase Claypool. Um, I'm moving him just because I don't want to have to root for him. And I don't even, I don't enjoy watching him on the Steelers either. Like I just don't like him. Fair enough. Uh, I know Juju is a guy that you do like though, mm -hmm. uh, as a person fun to root for. Uh, we did Kevin and I talked a little bit on on last week's show about Juju and some landing spots that we would like to see him go to. My favorite landing spot for him was Arizona. You know, I know he's a West Coast guy. Neither of the LA teams are really a fit. Oakland or Las Vegas is a dumpster fire. So I think Arizona gets him back out home. I'm pretty sure Kirk is a free agent there as well. So that's gonna open up some opportunity there. And I think Juju's the type of guy that needs a wide receiver one with him to really thrive. So I think that would be a really good landing spot for him. Is there any landing spot for him outside of Arizona or Kansas city? Everybody wants Kansas city that you would like to see Juju go to, to maybe rehab his value a little bit. I think Buffalo would be a really good spot for him. Yeah. Can let Diggs work the outside him, him kind of work the slot. I think they're kind of, I don't know what Beasley's deal looks like. And they have Sanders obviously, but I mean, I think Gabe Davis is not, if you want a really strong passing attack, Gabe Davis shouldn't be your 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 second target or your third target or whatever. He should be further down the list there. Um, so I think the Buffalo would be a sneaky good spot for him. I'm not sure they would want to spend money, uh, like real money to bolster that. Um, how about Denver? You don't think he'd be I, redundant with Judy? I think J Judy can play the boundary better than he can. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so no, I don't think that they would necessarily be redundant. Um, those are just kind of two out there teams that, that kind of strike me that, you know, could be the surprise contender. Atlanta would be decent. Um, I mean, obviously he, I think Houston would be fine for him. I wouldn't recommend that for anybody's career at this point, if they, <laughs> you know, willingly go there. Uh, but I mean, I think there are plenty of, he'll have plenty of suitors this offseason yes. for sure. It is, it is a very loaded uh, free agent wide receiver class though yes. um godwin's still in it again godwin will be in it assuming he does, well i don't think he can get tagged again um so assuming he does not resign there godwin will be in it a rob Devonte adams sutton juju kirk gallup uh we went through the list on the last episode yeah. i don't have it pulled up in front of me here but it is a loaded wide receiver so i mean that free agent class doesn't help him necessarily but i mean there could be you know Devonte adam leaves green bay and they you know they'll sign a cheaper option to replace him or you know I, that the, the musical chairs could certainly play in his favor as well 
Yeah, and I know you and I are both Juju guys, so we have not given up on him yet. So if there nope. is somebody out there in your league who has Juju and they are ready to give up on him, I think it's as a good as a buying opportunity as any. He's the kind of guy where if I have a rebuilder, uh, rebuilding roster, or you know that it's the see, you know I've got a bunch of guys on IR, uh, I might try to go buy him if I've got you know something going on on my team that somebody might want. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um. So we're we got some early rookie talk here senior bowl invites have started to go out the uh the big names here obviously i mean people who listen to our show are probably in, you know a little bit more in the weeds there given the campus life but some of the bigger names we have on here um calvin austin the third romeo dubes reggie roberson is on here rashad white Damian Pierce, Bailey Zappi are some of the biggest names. Um, Khalil Shakir was a late ad here today as well. Um, I mean, we can just kind of break this down here a little bit. Who is who is your favorite at each position on this list so far? Well, Bailey Zappi is my favorite is quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to go that route. <laughs> um, You're predictable. Oh, I am? You're boring. Oh, you seen that show? I have seen that show. We we talked about it two weeks ago. Um, or did we talk about it on Monday? Because you said something about title of your sex tape. Well, so that that line is from the Good Place. She always says like you're basic. You're boring. Oh no, I said you're boring because that's yeah, all. Amy that's says like, that. Amy Santiago. I think says I think that Amy gets that from that show. I would assume they're both oh. they're both Mike Sure specials. Hmm. Um, he, he wrote both of them. Um, yeah, you're welcome Good for morning, that little man. tidbit. Um, I mean, I am excited for Bailey Zappi. I think he's a really uh, interesting, intriguing prospect, the kind of guy that could vault himself into day two with a decent weekend there. And obviously, he's done the step up in competition once. So, you know, a, a, an additional little boost here. He's played well against the Power Five teams he has played over the past few years. Um, so I don't, I certainly don't think he'll embarrass himself there. Um, running back, all of these names are actually really intriguing, but I'm like the guy that I'm most interested to hear how he does that we've heard from so far is Damian Pierce running back from Florida. Um, a guy that I, you know, I never obviously just Ben HR being at the senior bowl. Nobody probably loves any of these guys. It's, you know, right. So, but you, you kind of like them and you want to see what they can do. I, I kind of like Damian Pierce, a guy that has generally performed pretty well on a per touch basis. Over his his career there at Florida, he's just never gotten control of the backfield because they don't give control of the backfield to anybody there. There's always a couple guys in the mix. He's just he's got that really low kind of center of gravity. He's just physical enough where I think you know he won't be thrown off in the NFL by that. He's he's a good mover. He can catch the ball very very well in my opinion. Um, I think uh, people were hyping C.J. Burdell earlier this year. And I don't think he's any worse of a player than C.J. Verdell. You don't have to say people. That was me. Oh, were you a C.J. Verdell guy? Yeah. you were a Charbonnet guy. Oh, you're both. Poor Kaylin Ostos. (laughs) So uh, Colin was hyping C.J. Verdell earlier this year, and I don't think Damian Pierce is any worse of a player. Um, He might be a guy, judging by the fact that he's on this list, that might go earlier than I anticipated. At wide re- well, here, Colin, you well, I don't want to just talk for 10 minutes and throw it to you and let you talk for 20. Um, <laughs> ouch, <laughs> got him. Um, it, what, what running back are you looking forward to the most on this list? 
Um, I would say Rashad White for sure, with, mm. like, without a doubt, um, will be the one I'm looking forward to the most here. I have him as my RB5 in this class, so I do like him. My biggest question mark with him is can he lead a backfield by himself? We have not seen that to this point. Uh, you know, he's had Chip Trainum there with him. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to shoulder the entire load there. He also just doesn't run with enough power, I don't think, to be to be like a goal line back. So I have question marks there despite his size, like 6'2". I think he's about 210, 215. Um, so he's definitely the guy I'm the most intrigued by, but I am intrigued by Damian Pierce as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, and then, you know, Price, I don't really have strong feelings about him. We did talk about this before the show. I'm wondering if Abram Smith, if teams want to see him at all as a linebacker, because he played linebacker for at least the past year and, and might have played a little before that, too. So I'm just, he might get a day as a linebacker there. I think that's something to certainly watch for. Uh, who do you like at wide receiver here the most, Colin? Wide receiver is definitely, definitely an, an interesting one here. I would say Khalil Shakir is probably the one I'm the most intrigued by. I think he's the one who has the potential to go the earliest out of this group. I think he has the, he's got very good potential. I, I'm not going to say he is the the highest ceiling out of this crew. I think that's probably Jalen Tolbert who is the highest ceiling out of the crew, but I think I like Khalil Shakir the most. He's very versatile. I'll be interested to see how he um, lines up against some of these uh, presumably top corners because I know Josh Job from Bama's there. Uh, they tend to have some power five corners there, and he's he gets he, he's fine against power five competition, but I'll be interested to see him consistently against some power five corners. The guy that I'm most interested in watching at wide receiver might be Danny Gray outside of Tolbert because Gray has all these tools like he he has really he has nice size he's really really fast I want to see how he does in the 1v1s and I think a big day for or you know a big week for him could could give him a decent size boost. I mean, he's I actually I'm a little surprised he's coming out this year. I thought he would stay another year. I know he went JUCO for two years, so you know, obviously he was he was eligible, but I thought he would go back and and be the guy there for another year. So I'm interested to see. I think if he's declaring, he must have gotten some decent reviews. So I'm just I'm interested to see how he plays out this week uh, at practice and and then in the game, obviously too. Yeah, yeah, that'll that's another name that will be certainly interesting and i know we were talking a little bit pre-show here you said you've heard uh and some guys in the nfl circle like bo melton wide receiver out of Rutgers here as admittedly, a special I, teams guy yeah okay i would say admittedly i i watch very little Rutgers, so i know I, whenever Rutgers plays penn state i watch that game but that's it so i know very i have not dove in on bo melton i didn't really feel a need to now that he is at the senior bowl he's a guy that i'll watch a little bit but, you know, I, I don't know what that ceiling is there either. I, he's going to be the, at least from what we've seen so far, I think he's going to be the worst skill guy there by a fairly decent margin. Like, I'm, I'm like, even Trey Turner, who's going to be there, I, I kind of like Trey Turner. Like, I just don't know what Bo Melton does. 
at an NFL level necessarily. Besides yeah. play special teams, apparently. I think he can do some coverage stuff. Yeah, I'll be interested. How many wide receivers do they usually bring in each year? It's usually like 10 to 12. That's a good amount. Yeah, I don't know if they have like a set number or not or if it fluctuates. I mean, there's probably a lot more seniors this year because a bunch of dudes went back. So I, I don't know what their final yeah. number would be. I mean, who do we? who do you think isn't on this list that will end up there? Um, that's a good question. Mm, that's that's a good question there. I'm trying like they're to just... go, they're gonna invite Dodson and Olave, right? I don't know if either yeah. of them end up going or not, but I, I think I could see invites. I could see Dotson going. I think Olave actually probably should go because I think he's if anything, he's probably hurt his stock a little bit by going back and getting overshadowed here pretty significantly by JSN lately. But I don't know if he goes. You know, he'll be in the playoff. So we'll see how that one goes. Dotson seems like the kind of guy who would go, though. Um, man, I, some of these other guys, though, it's 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 not a very senior-heavy wide receiver class. The guys at the top, the guys that we want to see are, are juniors for the most part. Yeah, I'm trying to go through SEC teams. Like Florida has a couple senior guys, but I feel like they would have already gotten their invites and announced it since Pierce already announced his. Uh, you know, LSU, Bama, Ole Miss, like none of them are really senior heavy no. wide receiver rooms. Uh, the Jameson Williams is a junior. junior. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of like going through the conference at the top of my head. I mean, Drake London is a junior and I don't think he would like, he might he would, back. So like he might, he, if he was a senior, he could go for the interviews or something, but like, I'm right. just, I, I, I can't think of that many guys off the top of my head that are seniors this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty junior, pretty junior heavy class this year. I mean, outside of some of the, you know, you're seeing a lot of G five guys and there's only two power five guys on this list in Bo Melton, but it's Rutgers really power five and Virginia tech. <laughs> and Virginia tech. <laughs> uh, the tight Poor ends Hokies. though. The tight ends, though, interest me here. We have Trey McBride from Colorado State, Cole Turner from Nevada, Grant Calcaterra from SMU, and Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. I think we could both agree that Jake Ferguson is just meh. He doesn't excite me at all for fantasy purposes. No. Uh, we mentioned it pre-show, but he's the type of guy that's just going to stick around on a roster for eight years, ten years, and just never provide any fantasy value. But the other guys are very intriguing. Grant Calcaterra, he's had some really nice years. He puts up production when he's on the field, but those concussions are scary. The medical check at the combine or at the uh, Senior Bowl will be interesting for him as well. But then you have Cole Turner and Trey McBride, two fantasy darlings here this year at the tight end position, and two guys that catch passes very, very well. I'll be very intrigued to see how these guys shake out and stack up against some some top competition here at the Senior Bowl. There's no ceiling for any of these guys, but I think there's some really nice floors to work with here this year. That's kind of how I view all these tight ends. Like I think I think McBride has a nice floor. I think Cole Turner has a nice floor. I think Grant Calcaterra uh, is not a full time tight end. Like he he can't be a an every down kind of guy. So um, yeah, I think like the the floor for some of these guys is nice, but I like I, I none of them would stack up to to Fryermuth, who was my tight end two last year. 
Oh yeah, not even close. Not even close to Fire Muth. But I do like Cole Turner. You know, he's got the size, catches passes very well. He's a smooth route runner for the tight end. I think he has a nice fantasy. He could be a nice fantasy option. So he's probably the guy I'm watching the most closely. Um, pro I would probably agree with that. Yeah, it's close between Turner and McBride. I like Calcaterra. So- he's just not like he's he's fairly undersized. He's not a big guy. Like I thought he was coming up at at Oklahoma originally. I was like, yeah, he's kind of the new Mark Andrews. Like he's listed at six five. I don't think he's six five at all. I think he's like six three. We'll be interested to see what he weigh, what he uh, measures in at. Yeah, I'll be interested to see that as well. Like I said, he's he's the one to watch for in terms of like I said, medical checks, what he weighs in at, how he's doing. But I have I've kind of been out on on Calcaterra since he's retired. He retired from college football once, right? It was just the one time. Just the one time. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. still and one j- time. And just to note, Oklahoma doesn't have him listed at six five when he was there. They have him at six four, and I thought that was a stretch. So somebody's fibbing. I think both of them. I think SMU <laughs> a little bit more. Right. So yeah, I think that really does it here for for this early senior bowl talk it's definitely something we'll get into later on in the season as this list continues to evolve continues to be finalized especially at the quarterback position and we were talking a little bit pre-show Kenny Pickett seems like a very obvious candidate here to go to uh to the senior bowl um I was you know I know know you mentioned Anthony Brown too as a guy that's probably just seems like a somebody that is going to get the invite you know, he's a senior. He's at Oregon. You hear people talk about he's a good locker room guy. So I think he could get the invite there. That's a guy that could potentially embarrass himself at senior bowl. Week, yes. Though. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, he's just like he wasn't good enough for Boston College. And somehow he's made his way across the country to Oregon. It's just weird to me. But whatever. Yeah, well, I think that is going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, tune in Saturday morning for the tailgate. Uh, that comes coming to you live here at 10 in the morning, first hour. Like always, we're going to be talking some um, you know, DFS or some uh, prize picks. We'll be talking some games. We'll be talking some news from these early games here, some action news uh, for the first hour. Second hour will be DFS betting injury news related Saturday night. Be sure to tune into the uh, the Coast to Coast show that's coming to you after the primetime game, probably around 11, 11.30, depending on when that wraps up. Both of those are going to be at the Campus 2 Canton YouTube page. Uh, subscribe, hit the notification there so you know when we as soon as we go live. Also, always check out the C2C Family of Pods. we got Debbie Debate, Why Wait Till Sunday, Fantasy Roundtable, 3 and Out Pod, uh, Guts and Data. We've got a lot of pods over there at the network, all great. All everybody's working hard every week to bring out some the best content possible, and I, you know, they're all mu- must listen shows for me. But I'm a little biased. They're okay. <laughs> Those Debbie debate guys kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Also, be on the lookout for the early week show, Campus Life, coming to you on Monday. Uh, we have not exactly figured out what our schedule is going to be for next week with the holiday. We will announce our uh, late 
show next week, what we're, our plans are for that on the uh, Campus Life on Monday. So stay tuned for that. But until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.